Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, Humboldt series, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. Join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez, in the Humboldt Quantum Alignment Series. And now, here is your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking time to be present with us today. Our intention for this podcast is for each and every one of us to get one step closer to the highest version of our aligned self. Each day, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional components. Today, it is my honor to introduce you to a fabulous person. Robin Smith has been a a very centered, grounded community member for quite some time. I've known her um, in the in our particular environment for almost a decade. I don't know how long she's been there, but I've known of her. And she is a body-centered life coach. Robin, hi, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Pepper. It's an honor. I'm so excited to have you. You look fabulous. Of course, you look radiant. And I know today is a very busy day for you. Um, did I not see an email about you're doing another project this morning or live something this morning? <laughs> yes, I've been teaching a, um, a free communication training in my Facebook group for women. And so uh, we're doing a watch party this week. So I've been showing up every morning to meet with women who are watching the training videos and answering questions and yeah, staying engaged with them. It's been really fun. Can you give our audience a little bit um, of information about you and kind of what you are doing and what exactly is a body-centered life coach? What does that mean? And, and how did you get into something like that? You bet. Well, so the the brief story is I was a yoga teacher for several years. And so I've been teaching yoga actually for 25 years. But when I when I switched into coaching, um, I was looking for support for myself, honestly, and I didn't know I was going to become a coach, but I I was yeah seeking help in my relationships and in my inner life. And so when I found the training that I did, uh, that was with Gay and Catherine Hendricks, it, I, I my first training was, it was very body centered. It was, it was always tapping into what you're experiencing in your body. And so in that training, I coined the term, the yoga of relationships for what it felt like to me, because it was like, wow, we're doing yoga, but like in the world. And I'd been teaching, you know, yoga and yoga philosophy for a long time, but never really felt like it helped my relationships as much as I would have hoped. I applied Buddhist and yoga philosophy to my relationships, but I was still struggling quite a bit. And through their work and then other trainings that I continued with beyond. I, I went on to study NARM, the um, neuroaffective relational model, which is a body-centered trauma training. So I'm certified in that method and going on to their advanced work. But so both of those works are grounded in, in your soma and your 
body, your physical experience. Uh, my coaching work is body-centered because I continue to ask you to reconnect to yourself and um, to notice how you're feeling and your sensations and your emotions. And when we do that, what happens is you get a lot more integration. Your insights are more grounded. You get actual transformation a lot more quickly than you would if you were simply talk, most talk therapy, you know, or just talking about your situation. So it's that work is more like intellectual or cognitive, and this is more including your whole self. So for me, it, it was incre incredibly transformational to do that work for myself. And I see the same thing with my clients. Because you were a yoga teacher and you were starting to do these type of works. Did you do this for yourself first? Because that's how a lot of healers stumble upon creating this massive type of healing modality that, that they kind of coin their own terms. Like, you know, I've done and, and many of other people have done. It sounds like you're doing the same. Do you mind sharing with our audience just a little bit of maybe your journey to get there? So I was already kind of in my yoga teaching feeling like, I was ready for a shift or I wasn't, I wasn't making as much of an impact as I wanted. You know, when you're teaching yoga, it's very one directional, right? Like you listen to me and you do what I say basically. Right. And so there wasn't as much relationship as I wanted. And although I was teaching workshops and teacher trainings and I had lots of privates where there was more, you know, of a relationship building, I just felt like you know, I knew people were suffering and I knew yoga philosophy was, you know, was, had really helped me a lot, at least understand myself. And so I wanted to go the next level with people for myself and my own work. And at the same time, I was struggling in my own personal relationships. I've, I've already been with Patrick, like my husband of, of now over 18 years, we've been together. And so I was already in that relationship and, and that's been an incredible incredibly positive and mostly very easy relationship. But the quick and dirty is the relationship before that, there was a lot of struggle and um, conflict and you know power struggle issues and communication breakdowns and frustration. And even though we were deeply in love and there was a lot of good stuff, I was frustrated a lot and exasperated about not being able to kind of be understood and be on the same page and feel safe. And, and so it was actually from that relationship and into my next that I started studying conscious communication skills of various types. And then, um, and then when I started to want to shift my own career, um, I started to look at, like I was saying, it was more like I was struggling in my friendships. So not as much with Patrick, but in my personal relationships with friends, I often felt dissatisfied. I felt like I wasn't, um, I wasn't intimate enough. I, I wasn't feeling close enough. And I had, I kind of kept people at a distance. Part of that was because like I was a yoga teacher and I, I don't know, I didn't, I was trying to be perfect. And, and honestly, that, um, that came up to bite me, you know, because, because what it did, it was, it kept me from being authentic. I kept myself from being authentic. And so at a point I just realized that I was doing that and I was, um, you know, longing for more connection. And I went to this training with the Hendricks and, and, and you know, with an intention to be more revealed, to be more um, vulnerable and open with people. And, and a lot shifted for me there. And like I said, I was like, wow, this is like yoga. And there's so much like Eastern philosophy here. And I wanted to, um, and I was already so resonant with that and, and the physical aspects of it. So I went you know, and continued in their training. 
Um, so I began to integrate their work into my yoga to begin to teach more relationship-oriented workshops and to interweave that into my teacher trainings. And then um, so through that, you know, I went on to study trauma because I also realized there was more that I didn't get in that training that I wanted to understand. And I knew I had a lot of my own trauma that hadn't been resolved through the Hendricks work. And so that's where I went on to study NARM. So it, you know, it was like intertwined the kind of like, I need support for me. And when I was getting that, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm getting so much. I want to help others. And that's what I've always done is like, when I get something, I want to give it back. So with the yoga, it was like, oh, everybody should do yoga. When I was a vegetarian, everyone should be a vegetarian. <laughs> so, so now that I was like, you know, understanding relationships everybody could have a better relationship so i was i just <laughs> decided to become a coach and and carry that forward um, and it's been incredibly rewarding like you know not only have all of my relationships improved because of my better understanding of myself and how to communicate and be more authentic you know my relationships with patrick is even though we didn't have a lot of strife and struggle you know we are doing better than we ever have um through our growth together and then and then i just feel like i can help people so much and i you know i see a lot of people who've been to therapy like i had and felt like not a lot happened i just was talking to a client who said that very thing she was like i did years of therapy you know before i saw you and i never I got insights, but I never saw a change in my actual life, like in how I was showing up in my relationships. And she said to me, you know, my husband just this week was saying, you are different because of your work with Robin. Like I can tell, it's like, wow, you know, it's not often someone else can tell in addition to you, you know, how you're being. And, and I thought that was an awesome, you know, just confirmation for her of like this, I'm changing, I'm getting something out of this. And not to mention that they're hardly fighting anymore and they were like, you know, almost about to divorce, so. We have yet to spend a lot of time together. We've only ran into each other, you know, here and there in our community. And so this is the whole reason of doing this podcast is to continue to tune in with people and really get to know you on another level. And I just want to sidebar real quick I was able to meet with your husband, Patrick. He is genuinely one of the kindest people in the whole entire world. So that says a lot for you as well, because, you know, like attracts like. And for those listeners or the audience, if they'd like to go over and check out Patrick, I actually did a podcast with him maybe six months ago. So he's phenomenal. Um, I do have a couple follow-up questions for you. I'm wondering if you could help us understand conscious communication. Can you, for those, the, the listening audience that's never heard of those terms specifically, those are something you and I talk about daily, but for someone who doesn't know what that means, can you explain that in a very shortened version for us? Let's see. So my experience has been, and I bet for a lot of you that you haven't been really trained in how to communicate skillfully, right? And so we're just 
winging it and like sticking our foot in our mouth all the time and regretting what we said and, you know, not feeling heard and feeling like that same frustration. So conscious communication, you know, there's lots of different skill sets out there. Like I said, I've studied a handful of them um, is basically really looking clear at specifically at what you're choosing to say and how, you know, how you word things. But for me, it's a, it's also a bigger picture. So like I, hmm, what else can I say? Um, so conscious communication is mindful communication. And for me, I've included the body centered piece so that when I communicate, there's also, you know, a taking an ownership or responsibility for my experience is a big part of a lot of conscious communication because of a lot of what we do that gets us into arguments is point the finger at somebody else and say, you did this, or what were you thinking? Or how could you? And because you did this, now I'm feeling that. And so there's a lot of you statements out there. And that is a great way to um, incite an argument. A lot of conscious communication will ask you to use I statements so that you are really taking full responsibility for your own experience. And when you do that, you do not put the other person on the defense and you're much less likely to have an argument. So that is just one example of one conscious communication skill that you might use um, that's super effective. And, and there's lots of others around how you language your feelings and your needs and what you're like in nonviolent communication is a great skill set that I've studied. And, um, and that's, you know, it's a great model. And yet I've done other things to expand on that. But that's a great model for looking at, you know, what's true for me, because so often we say what we think is happening, like you're ignoring me, or you're being rude, but those are actually just interpretations of what's happening, their evaluations, their judgments. And so anytime you say something like, an interpretation of what someone else is feeling or thinking, you know, once again, you're likely to get into a conflict because most people don't like to be, I know I don't like to be told how I'm feeling or thinking. So there's going to be an objection. <laughs> so the more you can own your own experience of like, I feel angry or I feel scared or I'm, my hands are tingling, then you're going to help stop the you know argument in its tracks. I could say more, but you asked for a shortened version. So I'll stop there. Well, you can tell us as much as you want on that topic, because I find it absolutely fascinating how starting to work with that. I think I started working with conscious communication maybe five or six years ago, and it has changed my whole entire reality. And that from anyone, a family member, a patient, a grocer in the co-op, I mean, everyone, it's changed my relationship. And I think that you know, just giving people those tips and tools of how to, again, use conscious communication for their vocabulary, it slows everything down. It does take a person to be accountable for that. So uh, again, can you give someone, you gave some examples, but can you give us a clear example of an I feel statement and how you would probably change that around and maybe like a little mini scenario? Absolutely. Okay. So here's a mini scenario that um, someone, so we all probably have experienced like you're talking to someone and they are multitasking, right? They're on the phone or they're, they're doing another task. And for me, because I have early childhood issues around that when my mother was like kind of absorbed in the crossword puzzle and I was like, you're not listening to me. Um, you know, I get triggered by that. And so instead of saying something like, you're ignoring me, or, or you don't care about me, or um, you're being rude, 
I would say, so that would be the, the non-conscious way and, you know, just the more reactive version, the more responsive and, and uh, responsible version would be, you know, when I see you um, looking at your phone while I'm talking to you, I feel, I notice I feel scared and I feel angry. And I notice I'm telling myself that, you know, you don't really care what I have to say. And I feel sad about that. And I'm wondering if you'd be willing to put your phone down and give me your full attention right now. Boom. Right? It's like, pew. it's direct. It's no judgment. There's no um, blame. There's no, you know, trying to hurt anybody or accuse. It's just like, this is my experience. I take full ownership for the thoughts I'm telling myself for what's happening in my body. I could have said more. I could have said my heart's pounding. I notice my jaw's getting tight. I feel angry you know, I'm telling myself, blah, blah, blah. And then I make a request. Would you be willing to not a demand, like put your phone down or I'm not going to talk to you. It's a request. Would you be willing to put your phone down while I'm talking to you? You know, and I might say, because it, you know, I, I feel more connected to you when we're making eye contact, you know, so I could give an explanation if I want. I love that. And so how are you working right now with the shifts and changes? How are you working with clients and the community to offer these services? Because they're so valuable, Robin. They really are. It's so important. I mean, we talk about relationships and not just relationships outside of ourselves, a relationship with ourselves. I mean, we need these tools. So how are you allowed to make these accessible right now for people? Yeah, I, I'm enjoying making them accessible. So I have a few platforms, you know, and so there's Instagram and my Facebook group and my blog. And so basically I'm offering a lot of free training in those places. It's all online, right? Because we're not at home and I'm not meeting people in person. So, so I do video trainings. I do, I have a, a workbook that I offer um, that has some of that in it as well, a freebie. And so mostly in those, in those formats. I, my Instagram is like full of content, like free content of tips and useful information that people can apply in their relationships. So that's, that's really my blog. I don't write a lot on a blog, but I, I use that, that platform to give. That's great. And what are most people coming to you for? Is it relationships with other people or their own inner dialogue? What are you, what are you working with mostly? Mostly those two. It's so, so I actually call myself a body centered relationship and trauma coach. So people come to me for often for relationship challenges that they're facing. Like I said, a client who's on the brink of divorce, but sometimes people who just, you know, are in between relationships and they're, they're wanting to make sure they don't repeat the same old patterns. I work a lot with women, mostly with women, but I do see men and couples. So sometimes a couple will come and they're, they're wanting support and having less conflict and more, more connection, more intimacy. Um, so it, it varies like the reason. I used to do a lot of self-esteem work, so people will come for that too. They don't feel confident. They wanna put themselves out more. They wanna be more on purpose, more in alignment in their lives. So we look at that. Wonderful. Well, we have so much to talk about. I could talk to you forever because you're so fascinating, but it happens to be that time in our podcast where we're going to take a short break to give a shout out to a local aligned business that I love so very much. And I think that you will too.
So Fire Arts Center is 20 years old now, and I can remember the days we started it. And my name is Alex Stillman. I'm a board member. And Fire Arts Center is down on South G Street. We have a website, fireartscenter.com, where you can find out what our class schedule is, and we always are open for Arts Arcata. And our phone number is 826-1445. It's a place where you can be inspired, no matter what your age group. It could be 4 years old to 80 years old. Hi everyone, welcome back. Let me reintroduce you to our special guest that we have today, Robin Smith. And during the break, we were kind of just tuning in about trauma in relationships, which is something that she had mentioned prior to our uh, little commercial break. So Robin, do you want to go into what you're talking about on the trauma um, specifically for maybe clients that you're seeing or, or what you've been working with there? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely something I'm really fascinated by and passionate about. I think a lot of us don't really understand the, the depth of trauma we may have experienced. And I think most of us have had some amount of early trauma in our lives. And so we think of trauma like a car accident often, or you, or, you know, like a burglary or, you know, you've got hit or abused or um, neglected or something severe, but a lot of us have had a lot more minor trauma in our early years or even in the womb that can affect how we relate in our adult lives. So if there was something that happened even completely unintentional by from your parents, like maybe your mother was depressed or maybe, you know, maybe she had surgery while you were in the womb or maybe you needed surgery or, you know, some kind of hospitalization when you were born or your birth was traumatic or, you know, something early, maybe your father was ill or, you know, there can be so many things that happen in the earliest years of our lives that we don't even remember that affect us. And so I bring that forward because we think, you know, often people come to me with, I need to learn how to communicate better, right? And and I, I don't deny that would be helpful. And it often is. But I also think there's often a lot more in the relationship dynamics, the healthy communication that we're seeking that do get in the way of our ability to be um, vulnerable or intimate or present in general. So when we start working with the early life traumas that have occurred, and it doesn't have to be like, let's take you back to your childhood. That's not how I work necessarily, but I work with people on like how they're seeing themselves, how they, who they think themselves to be, how they, um, what they believe about themselves, their self-identity and how they see others. And often there's some beliefs in there that really are dysfunctional or not helpful or harming to themselves and that it will affect then, you know, how they show up, how they relate. Like if you have a belief, like, like many of us do, I'm not good enough, right? Or people don't like me. Or I was talking to someone earlier today who, who really had the belief, if I don't help people who need help, then I'm selfish and I'm basically not a good person. And it's like, wow, that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself because she's finding herself in these relationships with people who are draining her because she's overgiving and she doesn't really want to, but she feels guilty if she doesn't. And then she's in these unsatisfying relationships with friends or men in her life. And then also feeling all this pressure, like, 
from herself, like I should, or else I'm bad. Right. And so there's this, these layers of pressure and tension that get created and affects your body. And so it's, it's complex. And so developmental trauma is also called complex trauma. And, and this is the kind of trauma that I'm talking about, but we can learn to release a lot of that. And so the work that I do, I see is like, you know, we're all like a wound up ball of thread and it's all kind of tangled. And so as we carefully peel away one layer at a time and kind of untangle things and get underneath, there's a lot more freedom. And that's what I've experienced and I've witnessed in my clients that we can feel more relaxed, less tense, more self-accepting, more um, able to be open and connected with people. And there's a lot less, you know, baggage in the way, like a smoke screen, you know, that often is there that, that clouds our ability to relate in a harmonious way. Does that make sense? So that's Yes, that is so very well said. And thank you for sharing that. Because I think those two go very much hand in hand. What we've been discussing today is the conscious communication, but also understanding your own traumas and wounds there. So thank you for that. A part of our podcast is to share with people how to be more highly aligned. So what type of daily rituals or habits would you suggest to someone that would have these issues? Because everyone has a trauma, you know, and everyone can learn from nonviolent communication and conscious communication, everyone. What kind of daily rituals and habits would you also suggest within those two as well? One simple thing would be to just simply start noticing how you're feeling inside. So for example, right now you can, with me in this moment, notice your butt on the chair or your feet on the floor or whatever, you know, whatever posture you're in. Notice the temperature of the air on your skin. Notice anything internally that's happening. Is your stomach tight or is it feeling bloated or is your heart racing or your hands sweating? So you start noticing body sensations as a as sort of a baby step. Step one is, is a really good step to just get present with yourself. And that will um, inform your communication. It will help you to know yourself so you can be more honest and clear when you share who you are. And that's just a beginning way to also for me, when I do that, it's like I get, because because when I'm upset, I'm kind of swirly in my mind, right? Or I'm out into the future, or back in the past. And so this is like, brings me right here and now into this moment, right? Body sensations are in this moment. So it also is, is relaxing in a way. So that's a great way to calm yourself, get present, um, and also help your relationships, at least as starting place. It seems so simple, but as you were just explaining that little practice with us, I felt like I really dropped in and really felt my body and the moment. And I thank you for that. And if we could just share that with our audience, that just being present is the beginning of those deep personal habits and daily rituals to begin your day of alignment. Are there other things that you would like to share with us that you do personally that helps you stay so aligned in order to help so many other people? Yes. So I meditate in the morning. I do yoga, hatha yoga, you know, physical asana. I exercise regularly. I like to walk in nature. 
like to get barefoot in the, in the sand or on the grass. So those are some of my, you know, more physical routines. I eat really clean. Daily health routines are some. And I think emotionally, one thing I do is I try to clear things up as soon as I can. So I don't leave things, especially with Patrick, for days and days. Like if there's something that's been unsaid or incomplete, I make sure we get to it before bedtime. How do you approach something like that? Because I've had lots of guests on that have different um, ways that they approach a particular uh, relationship when there's something going on that they need to talk about. Some people have very distinct, long processes of how they go about that. Some people ask their partner or ask the person they have this um, maybe disagreement with, they ask them for their time. I mean, there's all sorts of different options. What is something that you guys do, if you don't mind me asking? Sure. I, I love that asking for time, like really getting consent, right? Like, can we talk about this? Is this a good time? Because you don't want to start into something if it's not a good time. Right? And if someone never has a good time, well, then that's an issue. But, um, you know, so asking for when, if not now, okay, how about at nine tonight? Or how about, you know, when, okay, when you're done with that, yes, I can do it then. Creating a sacred time and space for that where you know you're going to have full attention and be undistracted is a good starting place. And then for me, it would just be to speak what's true. Like, you know, I heard you express something this morning and I, I want to know more. Are you willing to share more about that? Or, or when you said that, you know, I felt um, sad or concerned and I want to share with you what's going on for me. And, you know, are you willing to listen? So again, there's this consent piece that I think is important, like asking for what you need and asking if that's, you know, reasonable or that feels like a starting place. You know, each situation is obviously so different. So if there's a, is it, there was a confrontation, it's different. If there was just a confusion or wanting more information. Okay. So since we have a little time, here is a kind of a, a, a really fun question that just kind of came up for me to ask you because you seem like such an expert in this field <laughs> if well you do you are actually yeah yeah um and i have this time with you so i might as well ask you this question when we are wanting to have healthy relationships and we're maybe having a discussion with someone that may not be going in the most positive direction what do you suggest people, our listening audience, to do to kind of hold sacred space and, and pull themselves back? Are there certain statements that you use or that you suggest to your um, clients to use for those kind of places? Do you understand what I'm, I'm asking? I think I would need more specifics because it's, you know, I don't know what you mean by if it's not going in a good direction. So do you have an example that not going in a good direction, meaning like you, you know, that that, that conversation is probably going to lead to a disagreement or something that's uncomfortable. And, you know, I have a certain way that I deal with that. I just hold space and say, this isn't the best time for me to communicate. And, you know, that I can keep, I hear them 
I understand them in this moment. I hear myself, I understand myself, but I need a little space. And sometimes that's offensive to people. So what is your, you know, what is your piece that you would suggest to a client if they came to you with that question? You may have already gotten that question many a times, but what would that, what would that be like? Yes. Okay. I was funny. I was just teaching about that. So again, everyone's unique in, in all of this, but um, for me, if I can sense like, you know, uh-oh, this could be, this could be a confrontation. You know, that's a great time <laughs> to practice I statements, to take responsibility for your own experience, making sure that you are very clean in your languaging, not accusing, not judging or blaming. And like you say, you know, to check in with yourself, is it a good time? But say you did, you did want to address something. I, I love the pause. We could call it the sacred pause where you, okay, let me connect with myself. And that could be a, even a starting place. Like I was sharing before, where you just drop into me, you know, you drop into yourself and you check in with, wow, okay, heart's pounding. I'm scared. Hands are sweating. Um, I can feel my stomachs in knots. Okay. My jaw's tight. I feel angry, you know, and just taking inventory. And then if you feel close enough to the person, you would share stuff like that. You would share what you're experiencing. So you're, you're taking their defensiveness, you know, potential way down. Like there's nothing to defend against if all I'm sharing is my heart's pounding and I feel scared. Right. Um, some people will react, will react if you say you feel angry and you know, we have to take it each one case by case, right? Because so people are super reactive, but the more you can stay in your own experience and not, not trying to tell them how they're experiencing or what they did wrong, the more likely you are to make a connection. I think I had one more thing to share on that. Mm, it's not coming right now, but again, that's a great starting place to, to stay with you and also to make requests as needed, like, you know, like you were saying, if this isn't a good time, you know, I feel really like too worked up right now. Um, can we meet in, you know, at noon when I can just take a break for myself and calm myself down first. And the other thing that I do teach is how to do that is like how to calm yourself down. If the body sensation piece didn't quite do it, because for a lot of people, it won't. Um, there are several methods that that you can use and that I share in, with my clients and, and students that can help you in that moment to shift your energy, to shift you out of the adrenaline that's coming up when you're scared or you're angry to help you, you know, get present because when you're full of adrenaline or cortisol, you cannot actually think very clearly and come up with those, you know, cl that clean, healthy communication style that you would like to, because you're, you're flooded with, you know, you're in fight flight, basically, you're, you're either trying to, you're trying to protect yourself from what seems like a dangerous situation. So your body's not here. <laughs> your mind can't be here. So, so, so that would be another good step if you had some skills in that. And, um, you know, I don't know that we have time for that now, but let me know if you want me to share something. Well, I absolutely appreciate that and love that so much. You have been such a great guest. I, want to chat with you for hours and hours because you're so fascinating. So if people were to want some of those little tips before we go out, I have a couple more questions for you. But like you were saying, those offerings that you have, because that is so essential, being able to calm yourself down, recognizing that once adrenaline or cortisol is in your system, you're going on a ride. 
and you just have to step back and allow your body to process that. Then come back to a conversation or, you know, a situation or whatnot. But you have to realize your body is already going. And there's nothing, not really a lot of good can come out of that unless you want to exercise or doing something like that. Where can people find you in order to access more of this information that you're giving out? And a lot of it sounds like you're, you know, you're gifting a lot of information, but that you also are accepting clients. So where can we find you? Yep. Um, so my website is ConsciousThrivingRelationships.com. It's kind of a mouthful, but ConsciousThrivingRelationships.com. <laughs> And, um, and my name, Robin with a Y Smith is, you know, you can search me in relationships and it'll probably come up too. Um, and my Instagram feed is Robin with a Y dot Smith dot relationship coach. That's a good place to find me. I'm there regularly. You can message me. My website is where you can access, um, in my blog, I have a lot of video training, so you can go there. And if you're a woman and, you, and you're on Facebook, then I encourage you to come over to the Healthy Relationships Sisterhood Facebook group. Find us over there. And there's a lot of video trainings in there as well as a wonderfully supportive community. And I'm doing Facebook challenges there regularly, which are basically free trainings. So you'll find some tools there. And, and you know, please reach out if you want personal support. I also do group work with women. So there's regular online group coaching programs for women to go deeper into this stuff. Thank you so much, Robin, for everything that you do. You are amazing. Every time I get to spend time with you, I learn a little bit more and how great you are. So thank you for being on today. I really appreciate it. Before we leave fully, will you leave us with a quote or an affirmation that's been inspiring to you uh, just kind of before we step out? Thank you so much for having me. You are a delight and a light, and I'm honored to be um, invited here. So thank you for giving me a little platform to share and your interest in my work. And um, so this quote came to me directly from a teacher, um, a meditation teacher that I studied with way back. His name is Ajahn Pasano. He's down in Leightonville at a retreat center there, and, um, or a monastery actually. And he said to me, which was a little hard to hear, but he said to me, whatever you think it will be, it won't be that. <laughs> I was like, oh, but it's true, you know, and, and that has helped me be, with expectations, which set me up for disappointment, right? So when we remember that we have in our head, like how it's supposed to be, or it should be, or we want it to be, and then it's often, you know, not quite that way. And the more we can kind of ex be in acceptance about the natural unfolding of things, the more relaxed we can be. So that, that's been a helpful reminder for me. Oh, I love it. Robin, again, thank you so much for making time to be on the show today. I know you're a very busy person and you're helping all of us be encouraged to get one step closer to the highest aligned self, the mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual bodies. To the audience, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Have a magical, wonderful day, and let's make this your very best life ever.
This episode has been brought to you by Universal Love.